0: The following is a podcast from a qualified senior care provider heard on the Answers for Elders radio show. And welcome everyone to Answers for Elders Radio Network and we are here at a brand new year in the month of January and it's flown by. And we're now in our final month of 20 or of January 2023 and I am here with our wonderful Kelly Smith from Care Partners Living, and Kelly, welcome back to the show, and Happy New Year. I think I can still say that in the month of January. Can I not? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we can stop you. Um, yeah, well, I just did you, it, right? You just did it. There you go. <laughs> well, I um. I'm excited about today's topics for our listeners, because how many of us are, maybe we have a loved one that is, you know, still living independently, you know, we're we're totally cool, but we, you know, maybe all of a sudden wondering, does mom and dad have their documents in order if anything should happen? Or if there has to be a transition moving into senior living or assisted living, or just basically, you know, just making sure that all their documents are up to date. And um, Kelly, uh, I'm really glad you're here to talk about that topic today, because I don't think we as families think about those things. They think that maybe a document was created, you know, a couple of years ago or three years ago, and they think everything's fine. But a lot of things change, especially there's a lot of things that happen in that lag period of time of when these documents are created. And so I'm excited about everyone. Let's talk about You know, what do you need to know in the new year, which a lot of people are saying you should have stuff like that reviewed. So, Kelly, what's your take on, you know, what you're seeing? Well, again, it it always
1: kills me how people are happy to speak their wishes.
0: Mm-hmm. but they won't
1: necessarily take the time to write them down yeah well, that's great good for you so you told everybody what you want but there's nothing in writing anywhere and things mm-hmm. have to be you know depending on the circumstances of of this person's uh, you know uh, health or whatever you're dealing with people don't realize that without certain documentation in place you you put yourself and certain loved ones at risk. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I mentioned everything, but I never, I never put it in writing. So they have no proof. It's hearsay at this point, Mm -hmm. what mom, what mom and dad wanted. Mm -hmm. So why can't we take a few minutes to, to, to get our documents in order? The problem I think is people feel like this is overwhelming. So I always joke about, well, how
0: do you eat an elephant?
1: Yep. One by
0: one. It is overwhelming, but it's even more overwhelming. And a little bit about, you know, it takes me back to my story with my mom. When she had an accident, and the hospital called me and said, You need to come because your mom's in our ER. And the first thing they asked me was, Are you POA? And I looked at them with this blank stare. And the only thing I could think of is DOA because I didn't know what a POA was, because it's lingo for power of attorney. And there was a lot of decisions that had to be made on her behalf. And luckily she was conscious enough to say, you can talk to my daughter. But if she wasn't conscious enough, um, that would be an issue. And the fact that who would be that person that would be able to advocate for their loved one. And I wasn't at the time POA. So we had to get uh, documents in place very quickly Um, which didn't give us a lot of time to prepare. We didn't know where mom's bank accounts were. We didn't know anything. And we didn't know any passwords to any bank accounts of online banking or anything like that. So obviously there's a lot of factors to sit down and, you know, we always advocate to sit down and go through these documents and make sure that you have all of those things. So Kelly, tell us a little bit about, um, First of all POA POA is power of attorney. Tell us what um how that plays into when people check into your community. Well, well for example, especially memory care residents have mm-hmm. to have a power of attorney because they don't have no.
1: Um, you know, unfortunately, due to their disease journey, they don't have the wherewithal to be able to sign right. certain documents. So so they have to have a power of attorney. What people have to remember with power of attorneys: power of attorney dies when the person dies. Mm-hmm. So if you have business to take care of for them afterwards, that's when you have to have. You know, your uh, power, you're not know, power of attorney, but your, right. uh, you know, executor of, of state, you know, et cetera. All those things have to be in, in a line. But once again, mm-hmm. to go back the paperwork. Power of attorney, the problem a lot of people run into with power of attorney, it's not when they move into assisted living communities, it's when they go into a hospital. Because yes. they have to, if you don't have power of attorney prior to that, you have to be coherent. To be able to sign power of attorney paperwork with a notary that the hospital usually will provide. They have almost every major hospital, even probably the little ones, have power of attorney paperwork you can fill out right there. Mm -hmm. Um, Some of them even have notaries on staff that will come and sign it. But you have to be in the right mind to sign it. Mm -hmm. It's not coerced. It has to be exactly what you want. So what's the danger in that? Well, what if mom and dad go into the hospital due to a stroke, a fall, what if there has been, okay, now we, don't, we can't find mom's power of attorney paperwork, and guess what? She can't sign it in the hospital. Now, who's going to mm-hmm. make decisions? Yeah. Okay. That's it. So you know, fortunately in Washington state, you do have next of kin. Right. You know, they will call in next of kin, but okay, for example, what if you and your family are not close? What if your power right. of attorney is your fiance? What if your power of attorney is your best friend? What if you don't have family? Right. Now, you know, so again, taking the time to get this paperwork filled out, um and what people don't realize is that there's ways to do this that really aren't hard and even expensive if they ask the right people, the right questions, Mm -hmm. you know, like for example, you can sign on with legal shield for 30 bucks a month and they'll send you your first will. You get a brand new will every year. Right. And you can add on, you know, power of attorney, financial and medical and all that for dollars and, and, and why not? And they'll even walk you through the program. So I'm just saying there's, there's things out there that make Mm -hmm. this a little bit easier. You know, if you feel overwhelmed by it. Yeah. Um, Again, and, it, speaking and, is, and I, well. I would
0: say I'm going to add into that that that's really good for somebody that doesn't have a lot of assets or anything like that. I think where you get a little bit more tricky is if you have uh, multiple properties, you have multiple investments, you have different types of act action financially as well as legal. And let's say, for example, you're a spouse of someone that has a, um, you know, a chronic or, you know, terminal illness where the healthcare costs like Alzheimer's or dementia, that's going to eat up a lot of healthcare costs. There's a lot of things that can go on if, by visiting an estate planning or elder law attorney that all of these things kind of wrap in together. And I think that's one of the things that I have found with a lot of families is they're not protecting themselves. And a lot of the ways that they can do that is through power of attorney. Exactly. And again, taking the time to make your
1: wishes known, mm-hmm. um, because people don't realize when somebody gets sick, there's there's a lot of things that we don't always discuss because they're uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. OK, well, again, how is anybody going to know what your wishes are if you've never mm-hmm. <laughs> you take the time to just say, hey,
0: exactly, exactly.
1: Um, <clears throat> How many, how many people know where your burial plot is? How many people know if you even have one, how many people in your, you know, if you've got this close knit, you know, do they, do they know what bank you use? Um, And do people really understand the responsibility of power of attorney? It's been pretty amazing to me. I've had several friends step forward in the last five months offering to take that responsibility for me due to my, my lack of, of family. Mm -hmm. And I just, I, I remind every single one of them, do you understand the responsibility
0: you become an appointment of the the state yeah
1: you you have to make decisions for this person when they are unable Mm -hmm. to make them themselves that are going to put you in an emotional yep quandary at times because you're trying to honor their wishes but you're also doing the best you can to keep them alive yeah um, you know, some of the decisions you have to make are pretty rough, and so yeah. volunteering for that, you you really should delve into what what exactly you're signing on for, mm-hmm. and make sure that you can
0: really do the job. Yeah, and I I remember too as power of attorney for my mom, you have to understand. I always tell people choose the person that will truly not only be acting on their values, but who clearly understand your values. Because I think one of the things that we find, I know I did it. I, when I was power of attorney for my mom, there was a lot of things that I made decisions on based initially based on my values. Um, and then I realized that that was, it was her life. It wasn't mine. And I had to ease up on some things, you know, I'm more, you know, of a, you know, pragmatic, take the bull by the horns kind of individual. And I kind of did that with her health and her mobility issues and all those things. But what happened was is that I realized my mom wasn't interested in overcoming. She was interested in being comfortable. And those are totally different Um <laughs> Uh, end games, right, and once I figured that out, thanks to a wonderful care co- conference that I had with the senior living community and the care manager that we worked with out there, I was able to decipher that and make better decisions on her on her behalf so when you 're choosing someone to represent you, it doesn 't necessarily have to be next to kin you know it for example, I may not have been the right person. I ended up being eventually because I got more in tune to what her desires were. But I think one of the things that we think about is we just automatically go there. Well, my son or daughter will take care of that. Make sure that you identify with them when you're filling out this paper is what your highest values are. And I think that's really the key thing that um, we want to look for. I mean, wouldn't you agree with that, Cal?
1: Absolutely. Because again, if you have wishes, you have them for a reason. Mm-hmm. Right. It's like knowing, you know, somebody's, you know, end of life wishes and, and making sure you honor those things. Yeah. Um, and and the thing is, uh, again, if you're going to put somebody in charge just because they volunteered or just mm-hmm. because they're your best friend. Well, that's all good and fine. Except, again, are you thinking about the responsibility that you're putting on this person? Absolutely. Have they, have they done their research? Because, again, you know, what if you do have a have a stroke? Yeah. And what if you can't be cared for at home? And what if, what if, what if, what if? Yep. So Kelly and I
0: somebody in that, you know. So so Kelly and I are talking about all the things you need to know, kind of right now, on the transition of aging and to prepare yourself for the future. um, Power of attorney is just the beginning. We're going to talk about several other aspects, and we'll be right back right after.